This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Agua. I think we should be grateful as Latinos in the United States that, you know, that, that a guy like Jim Cramer, him saying this in front of so many people, this right here. Take a listen. I pledged to Saul that I was going to do my part because I didn't know the numbers. And I like to think of myself as an educated person who does a lot of homework. And I know when I have Rick Sanchez in front of me with a company that I think will be viewed as the company to so-called play this community. He said, I didn't know the numbers. God, dog it, I tell you. I wish, I, I want to hear Anderson Cooper say that. I want to hear Don Lemon say that. I want to hear Rachel Maddow say that. I, good God, could you imagine Sean Hannity saying that? <laughs> I didn't know the numbers. I didn't know Latinos were the economic engine of the United States, 20% of the population and the fifth largest GDP in the whole fucking world. That's what I want to hear other people say, and he said it. And that, to me, the interview was over when he said that. Thank you. I want to start by talking about getting your first break. It's one of the most amazing things that happens to all of us. And, you know, when, when you're a Latino and, or a Latina and you've come to the United States, and, you know, let's face it, guys. I mean, you get a little, it's a little harder for us, right? It's a little harder. And when we finally get a chance to um, get that big job and you're working somewhere, and in my case was, I, I was the local anchor in Miami and I was doing the news and all of a sudden I get this call and they say, NBC wants to hire you and, and, and they're going to take you to New York and, and you're going to be an anchor and you're going to be working at MSNBC. And, and that happened at one point in my life. And, you know, I probably wasn't ready. I, I say this all the time. When, when you're like us, look, if you're a kid who grew up in New York City and your dad's a lawyer or your dad's a CEO or a CFO, and you come from a family that has lawyers and has PR people, and 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 you live in that world, it's it's got to be a little easier than it is for those of us. Whether you're Latino or from some other place, we grew up differently, you know? I, I, I never knew what it was like to be in a car where my dad or myself or somebody else wasn't driving. You know, people grew up with drivers. People grew up with lawyers. You know, as a lawyer in my family, my, my mom and dad, they didn't speak a lick of English. My mom still doesn't speak English and my dad just passed away. You know who was a lawyer? When, when you're an immigrant, when you're an immigrant, you, you know who the lawyer in the family is? You know who the accountant in the family is? You. You're a 12-year-old kid or a 12-year-old gal, young girl, woman. And, and mom hands you the phone and says, Habla con este hombre. Me está haciendo una pregunta. And, and you get on the phone and you say, Hello. And, 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 and then the voice on the other end says, hi, this is the uh, uh, legal firm of such and such and such and such uh, having to do with your parents' uh, mortgage. Uh, is, is this the household of uh, Francisco Sanchez? Uh, yeah, that's my dad. Could you uh, uh, ask your dad the following questions? And I would ask my dad. 
And, and this is what it's like to grow up in the United States. You, you basically don't have a lot of the things that others have. But yet in another way, you know, when you're Latino or Latina, you're better because of it. We're, we're better. We're better because of this. So for me, it was always tough. And I got a job doing the news. I was the first person who's ever been hired who was a Latino to do the news. And I was, the, you know, back then we didn't have Latino anchors. By, 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 by the way, back then all anchors were white men. They weren't women. There weren't blacks. There weren't, there was nothing. So forget Latinos. There was just, there was, there was nothing but white dudes doing the news in America. This is the 1970s, I guess, or 80s. And then it changed. But I was the first one who was given an opportunity because I had a football scholarship. I went to Minnesota. I graduated. I, I graduated with a degree in journalism. So they gave me a gig. And after I was doing local news, I got a gig to go to New York and I was working at MSNBC. And not long after I was there, you know what happened? 9-11 um, happened. And there was an attack on our country. And I happened to be the guy who got the assignment to go there and report live from that place. And I think I've told you before what it was like to see that plane, that second plane hit that building. And I think I've told you before what it was like to see bodies flying out of buildings and thumping against the ground. That was tough. And uh, we went through that and we did some pretty good coverage. And I think you can still find some of my coverage if you Google me or if you, if you go to some documentaries where people say that I said it was some kind of conspiracy. But while we were covering that, all of a sudden something happened. I went back to the studio and now I was on the set and I was reporting the news at MSNBC. By the way, scared out of my life. When I first got to MSNBC, I, you know, I didn't, I wasn't, again, you know, it's different for us. I almost felt like I was an imposter, like I didn't belong there. And um, I used to go to the bathroom sometimes and vomit before uh, going on the air. That's, that's how scared I was. And I had Tom Brokaw sitting next to me. And I had the Secretary of Defense coming up and sit next to me and the Commandant of the Marine Corps and the, you know, and the five-star generals. And I was like, what the hell? I mean, I'm just some kid from Hialeah and I'm doing this. So scary as hell. And then among the people, one day after 9-11, they said, you know, we want to get a perspective of somebody who's really from that area that was hit by those planes. And, you know, during 9-11. I want, we want to get that perspective. I said, okay. So we've got this guy. He's kind of weird. He's, well, they didn't say weird. They, they, they said he was quirky. He's quirky. And he is. And they said, we're, we're going to sit him next to you. He's a Wall Street broker. He's kind of legendary on Wall Street. Everybody talks about him. He's cool. He's passionate. He'll fit well with you, Rick, because you're kind of passionate. And, and we're going to sit him next to you. And he's never been on television before. This guy's never been on television before, so we're going to sit him next to you. And I said, God, he sounds wonderful. I love him already. Bring him in. So they sat this guy next to me, and his name was Jim Cramer. And Jim Cramer and I did television for the first time together. And the moment we put this son of a bitch on the air, I said, this guy's got it. He just exploded in front of the camera. He went through the camera. I mean, energy tells you what he thinks, cries, feels, pathos, all the things that are good communication. You know, it's called transparency. It's called being real. And in the end, that's, that's what wins. And Jim had it. And so 
why am I telling you this? Here's why I'm telling you this. Because just a couple of days ago, I had an opportunity to reunite with Jim. Jim Kramer, after all of these years, after all of these decades since he and I were on TV for the first time together, um, he and I met in San Diego during a Latitudes convention that I had told you about. He gets the whole Latino thing and he said, Rick, come on my show. I said, come on, Jim. Really? He goes, yeah, I want you on my show. I, I want to talk to you and I want to talk to uh, you about what you're doing. But, you know, what, one of the first things he said, which, which I thought was, uh, was interesting, was a little bit about what we talked about. And I'm going to share that with you in a minute. But first, to me, this is exciting. The fact that we're doing this thing called Agua Media, right? And I believe in this. Because I, I, I think Latinos need a voice and we just don't have one. So here's Jim introducing me, which trust me, this is, I, I mean, if you, I hope you don't mind my sharing this with you, but this is part of my bucket list. Here's Jim Cramer introducing me on uh, Mad Money on CNBC. We're checking in with old friend Rick Sanchez, co-founder, president, and CEO of Agua Media. This is a new media company, and it's targeting this growing U.S. Latino community that was launched earlier this year. Mr. Sanchez, welcome to Mad Money. It's always good to see you. Isn't that nice? I mean, look, say what you want. How many times on this show don't we talk about people who don't pay us any mind? How many times on this show do we say, you know, we're underrepresented? And I, and I got some new stats, and I'm going to take you through those in a minute. But, you know, but here's a guy who's saying, I, I, I want to talk to you. And he's not talking to me. Forget me. He's talking about Agua Media. And what the hell does Agua Media represent? Agua Media, what we're doing here with Agua Media is trying to get the message across to people that Latinos are the economic engine of this country. And, and here's a guy who gets it. But, you know, soon into the, not, not too far into the discussion, he then talks about that moment. And, and it was and it was really nice to me that, I mean, I remembered it. And I was wondering if he remembered it. And it meant enough to him to want to talk about it. But listen to this. This is pretty cool. Right. I am looking at a very lucky man who gave me, by the way, just, you know, one of my first breaks in media. I got I got to tell that to, to people, Rick, because it's full disclosure here. But you've been a friend. You've been very helpful to Mad Money, very helpful in my career. And now I think you're doing really the great calling that yeah. needs to be done. Yeah, this is doing something that's bigger than ourselves. This right. is good for America. Yes. And is. I think whatever we do that's good for our country makes us all better. Isn't that nice, though? I mean, I'll be honest with you. Ever since that time when uh, Jim and I did that back a gazillion years ago, you know, when dinosaurs were on the earth, it seems like earlier in our careers, he was, he had hair and uh, I was less fat. Um, and uh, it's funny that I never called him, you know, that's not who I am. Hey, Jim, you owe me a favor, you know, and, and we had never talked since now. And I even wondered whether he remembered, you know, I always think, does he even know who the hell I am? Some guy who interviewed him a million. Yeah, he remembered. He, he, he remembered the exact day. He remembered the exact moment. He wanted to talk about it. That's cool. And, you know, we're grateful. I'm grateful personally, you know, for that. But, you know, here, here's what I'm more grateful for. Here's what I'm more grateful for. I, I'm, I, I think we should be grateful as Latinos in the United States that, you know, that, that a guy like Jim Cramer and all that he represents, he's probably the number one economic show in the world. 
people tune to this guy to see what he's thinking, and then they make investments and draw conclusions from some of his opinions. So, I mean, the, the, this guy's a big part of the national conversation. And to me, it wasn't about me. It was about him, him saying this in front of so many people. This right here. Take a listen. I pledged to Saul that I could do my part because I didn't know the numbers. And I like to think of myself as an educated person who does a lot of homework. And I know when I have Rick Sanchez in front of me with a company that I think will be viewed as the company to so-called play this community. He said, I didn't know the numbers. God, dog it, I tell you. I wish, I, I want to hear Anderson Cooper say that. I want to hear Don Lemon say that. I want to hear Rachel Maddow say that. I, good God, could you imagine Sean Hannity saying that? <laughs> I didn't know the numbers. I didn't know Latinos were the economic engine of the United States, 20% of the population and the fifth largest GDP in the whole fucking world. That's what I want to hear other people say. And he said it. And that to me, the interview was over when he said that. Thank you. God, finally, finally, somebody's saying something that's important about who we are. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I couldn't imagine, you know, I almost felt like, okay, Mission accomplished. <laughs> Let's move on. That's that that was, and that's that's really what is what it what it's all about. In fact, he he goes on to say that, and this is almost an admission on his part. And it sucks because as Latinos, we know this shit, right? We we know that we're the fifth largest economy in the world now, moving from seventh with a two point eight point three trillion dollar. Uh, consumption and production base, right? That's what GDP is. If we were a country, we would be behind Germany now. It's uh, US, China, Japan, Germany, Latinos in the United States. So we know this, but nobody else seems to know or care. And here's Jim Cramer saying, I didn't know. Um, and, and then he takes it a step further when he makes this admission that because he didn't know, he it's now more important to him. Let's take a listen to this. I mentioned to someone, and someone immediately said, Jim, you're just drinking the Kool-Aid. I then pull out the study. <laughs> the study is not done by Saul or you. No, no. These are big-time yeah. people who are looking into this market. Stanford University, Wells Fargo, studies that they've been doing, and, you know, concluding that there's a huge market there that isn't getting the attention it deserves. And, and this is important. You know why? Because what what is happening here is, and the reason he doesn't know, is what you have proven. You. I'm talking to you right now. You who are listening to the sound of my voice. Nobody knows who you are or how powerful you are, right? N nobody knows how who you are or how powerful you are. Since we've started doing this show, here's what I found out about you that I didn't know. Ready? I'm going to talk. I'm going to tell you a little something about you. Because we get these statistics. What I'm reading to you are actual metrics that we get from Apple and Spotify. You make over, over $100,000 a year on average. You who are listening to us right now make over $100,000 a year. You are somewhere between the ages of 28 and 44. This is important stuff. I'm talking to you and I'm telling you who you are. The average person listening to this podcast fits this, this, this criteria. You have a college education. You have a college education. By the way, while I'm saying this, do me a favor, George. Get the Nancy Pelosi thing ready. Because this is important. See if you can move it around or whatever. Uh, you know, let me know. Get that thing ready. 
What else can I say about you? Let's see, you're affluent. Jim didn't know that, and nobody else seemed to know that. We know that. And Jim's now saying, damn, I didn't know that, right? You're educated. Most people didn't know that. Latinos in the United States are educated. You know, you know, I told you a million times how important it is that 80% of us are U.S. citizens, and I think we're all just jumping a fence or crossing a river yesterday, right? So again, you know, it's, it, to, to me, this is a calling. This is a cause. This is what we have to do for each other, for ourselves and for our children and for our children's children. And that's why it's so important. And yet the average person, and look, this is not to make fun of Nancy Pelosi, but she just made a comment the other day. And she was going in the right direction talking about how we need, you know, uh, some kind of immigration reform that solves the problem in America. Obviously, she's right about that. But then, man, talk about stepping in it. She said one of the most uh, ridiculous thing that proves the point that I'm making about people not knowing the metrics, not knowing the information about it. And, and here, here's Nancy Pelosi. Take, take a listen to this. We also have a responsibility to recognize the importance of newcomers to our nation. Right now, the best thing that we can do for our economy is to have comprehensive immigration reform. Okay, good. We have a shortage of workers in our country. And you see even in Florida, some of the farmers and the growers okay. saying, why are you shipping these uh, immigrants uh, up north? We need them to pick the crops down here. Oh. You hear what she just said? We need them to pick the crops down here. You know what she's saying, right? Or what she obviously has in her mind. What she's telling me with that is that when she thinks of a Latino, she thinks of somebody who picks crops, right? Come mow my grass. Come, you know, polish my shoes. Come pick some fruit. That's just wrong. I don't know if I should be mad at her for not knowing. I, you know, I, I, I'm tired of being mad. I just want to set the record straight. I'm tired of being mad as a Latino in America. That's not who we are. Latinos in America are lawyers. They're bankers. They're business people. They, they, they have more to do with the health care of this country than just about anywhere else. They're clinicians. The commandant of the Marine Corps of the United States recently said in an interview, I need to stop getting Latinos. The entire Marine Corps is going to be Latino pretty soon. Can't stop. I mean, Latinos are just joining our ranks um, incredibly. Latinos fight for this country. Latinos run companies. Latinos are CFOs and CEOs and CMOs. And frickin' Nancy Pelosi says, we need them to come here to pick our fruit. Good God. I know she's practically 100 or something and... You know, older people sometimes don't know the things that the rest of us do, but she should do better. Yeah, she, she, she should do better when it comes to that. I don't know. Scott, are you there? I mean, you found this thing for me. God, man. What's she thinking? She was thinking what she truly feels, I think. I, I, for being the leader of the Democratic Party and the progressive movement in this country, you would think that her view of Hispanics and Latinos would be 
you know, a little bit more uplifting, not that they all are farm workers. But let's extrapolate what you just said, the leader of the Democratic Party and the Democratic Party is the party that is supposed to best represent Latinos or so they say. And when the Democratic Party, which is supposed to be the party of the people, not of the, you know, they're the party of the working person, they're the party of Latinos, they're the party of African-Americans, they're the party of the whole thing, Latino plus that we call. And that's, she's the leader of that party. And that's what she says. What does that say, Scotty? What does that say? It's all bullshit, man. It's all bullshit. It's smoke and mirrors. We're telling you what we want you to hear so we can get your vote. But what we truly feel, it's a little bit different, which, you know, that feeds into the narrative of what Republicans and conservative people in this country say, that Democrats really don't care about you. And it's hard to argue when you see clips like that, man. Yeah, they just want to create. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. And, And the argument I've heard it, you've heard it, we've all heard it is. Democrats just want to create dependency among African-Americans and Latinos and others. You know, just keep voting for us, but we ain't going to do shit for you. We don't even understand who the hell you are. And I hate to say it. Look, I'm not, you know, when I critique DeSantis or when I critique, you know, Pelosi or when I critique Biden or Trump, you know, it's not about criticizing them. It's about criticizing the action. And, And that action, those words speak volumes, Scotty Bendick. They do. It's very disheartening because, no, I don't like to be, you know, associated with a party, Democrats. I, I do have liberal tendencies, progressive tendencies. Yeah, we've noticed. And, yeah, we have, yeah, of course. <laughs> it bothers me, man, because that's just, it's it, it's yeah. it's not what we actually feel, man. To, to view people and put them in a little box of farm workers. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being a farm worker. No. A lot of these people are doctors, they're lawyers, yeah. they're professionals that we can use in this country that we have a shortage of, but because their last name may end in as easy, their skin color is a little bit darker, I throw them in the field. <laughs> Here's Jim Cramer now when he talks about uh, us, and, and and I just got to tell you, Scotty, you and I talked about this after I got back, but it, it, it's nice to have someone say um, this about us. You know, look. Um, I'm putting all all my money into this company. I'm doing everything I can to make this work because I believe in this. I could be on a yacht, but I believe in this. And uh, it it was nice. And and I hope that his words ring true. Here's what he said toward the end to kind of close the interview. Listen to this. Rick Sanchez, CEO of Agua Media. That's A-G-U-A. This is a new media company, not public yet. But you know what? He's not saying it. I'm saying it. Look out for it. Man, buddy's back after the break. (laughs) That's nice. I got to tell you, it feels good. feels good. You know, I mean, it feels like support. We don't usually get that kind of support from the establishment as Latinos, right? We don't. I mean, when, when oftentimes we're the last to get the funding. Let me tell you something I told Jim, Scotty, and I think this is fascinating. And a lot of people don't know this, but when the when the Japanese, when Japan was being, you know, seen as a viable economic entity post-World War II, what happened? People saw that it was going to be one of the top GDPs in the world. So they created they created funds, Japan funds where business people all got together and funded Japanese companies. When people saw China after Nixon went there, start to see it be a viable economy, they started funds because they saw that the China's GDP was going to make it one of the most powerful economies in the world. 
We have right now one of the most powerful companies in the, pardon me, one of the most powerful countries in the world within the United States. Latinos in America just became the fifth largest GDP in the world. Wouldn't you say it's time to start funding it? Latinos have done this all on their bootstraps. You know, as Nancy Pelosi says, we've just picked a lot of fruit. But, <laughs> so, you know, it has nothing to do with the fact that we started companies, that we actually start more companies than any other cohort in the United States, and we hire more people than anybody in the United States. Yeah, that's, that's in there too. But this is, it's time now, right, to fund it. It's time to fund this, 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 this thing, this, this enterprise. So when Jim says right there, when you heard him say, look, look at Agua Media. This is a company that could go public. Actually, he says that will go public. Um, he's saying, put your money on this. This is a winner, right? That's what they're saying. I got to give credit to Jim Cramer because unlike so many people that are on TV that claim to be intellectuals, he actually is one because here's what he just did. He didn't allow whatever his emotional bias that may or may not be, he doesn't elect it, allow it to affect his intellectual state. He knows the power of Latinos in this country. He recognizes that so he speaks the truth. A lot of people and talking heads on TV may not give credit to those intellectual stats that we bring up because their emotions tell them that all Latinos are farm workers and they can't do anything from us. You're onto something. You're, you know what you just said? This is fascinating. I love this, right? This is what you do all the time, Joe. This, this is exactly what Scotty's doing right here. Jim gets it because he yes. understands metrics. Yes. If, 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 you know, we've been preaching this, preaching this, preaching this, and we haven't really gotten lift off. Well, give, uh, uh, what's his name? Fox News, uh, Tucker Carlson credit. He had me on and we talked a little bit about this a, a while ago. Right. Uh, but he didn't talk specifically about this and he didn't get it the way Jim Cramer gets it. But the point you're making, I think, is important. If Latinos are looking for support, you know where they get it? The business community. They'll get it before anybody else gets it. Yes. They'll get it yes. before anybody else gets it. And... Right. Because they know metrics. All you got to do is say, fifth largest economy in the world. Ah, yeah, right? Tend to buy more vehicles than any other cohort. Ah, tend to over-index in the use of mobile devices. Ah, what else can I say about Latinos? Tend to have more mortgages in the United States. Ah, first time home buyers. Ah, so these guys are like, okay, okay, you got me. Whereas you may, you say these things to, I don't know, not to pick on Rachel Maddow or Don Lemon or anybody else out there, you know, uh, Hannity, whatever. You say this to these guys, and I'm like, yeah, whatever, sure. I, another, no, this stuff is important. And that's what Listen, you just, that's what he gets, right? That's what he gets. Yes. In a hippy-dippy world, I wish that we could all love each other based on our, our on who we are as people and individuals and, and morale and, and all these other things. But we don't live in that type of world. We live in a world that feeds us narratives and feeds us things. So our emotions, they sometimes cloud our judgments. But when you're, when you're smart and you look at the metrics and you see that these people from a metric standpoint are better than the people that we have here born in this country. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold uh, on, know? hold on. Latinos were born in this country, my friend. So, you know. I'm sorry. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, the... Yeah. the I know, know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. You know but, what but what you're saying is even the ones who weren't, 
The immigrants yes. tend to fight harder, work harder, yes. and love this country, according to statistics I'm going to share with you in just a little bit, even, even more so than many of us who were born in this country, which is- Even which what is, you just said about the U.S. Way, Marines a few minutes country. ago, about, about the Marines joining more than, than anybody else, the Hispanics joining Marines more than anybody else. That shows love and patriotism for this country. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. On Oops! The Podcast, join me, comedian Giulio Gallarotti, as I examine everyday life, the mistakes, the bad decisions, the goals, the jokes, the social engagements, and all things in between. I'm joined every week by producer and personal confidant, Ryan Lynch, various other comedians for witty, candid, and intoxicating conversation. Our listeners love Oops! for sophisticated banter, aka your mom could listen, and many feel like they're in the room with us chopping it up with old pals. You can find every episode of the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. As much as we need to, um, and this is important, let, let me go back to uh, what we were just talking about. And this is really important for all of us, right? As much as we need to be happy about the fact that CNBC took the first step in um, understanding and analyzing the influence and the power of the Latino community in the United States, I got to tell you, and as much as we are mad that others in the media, including MSNBC and CNN, still don't get us, you know what's even worse than not getting us? You know what's even worse than, than, than not understanding really who we are or our potential, like we heard in that Nancy Pelosi soundbite that we just played for you? What's worse is what Fox News and a couple of others out there do when it comes to Latinos. I, I'm... This is Hispanic Heritage Month. You know, I'm not a big fan of Hispanic Heritage Month. As far as I'm concerned, get rid of Hispanic Heritage Month. It should be Hispanic Heritage Month all year long. Just like it should be Black History Month all day, all year long. This idea that all of a sudden I'm going to take a month to care about you is stupid. But let us just suppose for the sake of argument that there's a, a reason for Hispanic Heritage Month. It happens to be Hispanic Heritage Month. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play for you now this, this, this meme that's going around. This thing is viral as hell. And we picked up on it. Um, this is how Fox News. Now, I showed you how Jim Cramer is talking about the Latinos and the Latino influence. Now I'm going to show you the other part of the pendulum, right? When it swings the other way. This is how Fox News is celebrating the power of Latinos in the United States. This is how Fox News is celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month. I want you to take a listen to this. Look, I, I should warn you. I feel like I'm showing you a dead body and I'm anchoring the news or something. This is sick. This is probably going to make you a little bit mad. And it should. And, and maybe we shouldn't hold it against them. They, maybe they just don't know. You know, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do, right? That's what we were taught as Christians. Maybe they just don't know. But this is how Fox News has been celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month. Let's listen to this. Celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month with Fox News Media. Dozens of unaccompanied children storming the southern border. They've got all kinds of diseases. They are being released into the United States. If you use the term as an invasion, that's not anti-Hispanic. It's a fact. My country actually is being invaded by, by other countries from the south. One day, 
they're going to be raising that Mexican flag over the U.S. Capitol. Now, all of a sudden, you have kids that don't speak English in classes taking time and energy away from your kids. Is there a single country in the world you know of that's bilingual or multilingual that's not at war with itself? I call it criminal privilege. You know, I call it immigrant privilege. Illegal immigrants are burglars, are thieves who are there to harm your security and steal your prosperity. All of that is a blot on God's creation. It's filthy, squalid. You're a poisoning these cities and these towns and these schools because crowded countries are never beautiful countries. Celebrating diversity on Fox News Channel. Go to foxnews.com slash America Together for more. So that's a meme that's gone viral. It's uh, out there on the on the Googles, as they say. And uh, I hate to say it, but sometimes those things are more true than things that are real. I mean, th- every clip you heard there was an actual clip from a Fox News correspondent slash anchor or talking head saying things they truly believe. You know, and it hits home. Maybe they don't know that when that one guy said, there's some kid in your class who doesn't know how to speak English. That was me. That was me. I was a kid who came to the United States once from another country. And I sat there with Miss McIlvain, who failed me. So I failed first grade. She told my parents, I'm never going to learn English because I was mentally retarded. (laughs) And maybe she was right. At least my wife thinks so once in a while. But um, that was me. And Scotty, you're the other side. You're the kid who grew up in New Jersey and you had kids who came from other countries who sat in your class. Did they make you worse or did they make you better? They made me better. In fact, I got even more, even better when I moved to Florida and it became even more diverse than what I had in New Jersey. Uh, kids that are learning another language, that doesn't affect the learning of, of <laughs> American-born English-speaking children. Uh, and again, these are the people that are th- these narratives that we just saw are the narratives that are combating what Jim Cramer said and those stats like that. These are the people that are allowing their emotions to dictate policy and, and how they vote as opposed to actually looking at the metrics. You're, you're you know, because as a non, know- let, let me ask you a question as a non-Latino. Right. So you are a yeah. non-Latino, which is why I love having Correct. you on the show. You and I, first of all, because you're not friends. We've known each other for years and years and we talk about everything under the sun. And I think that's the way we all should be, right? And we disagree a lot on stuff as well. But a lot. <laughs> oh, what is it about this country that makes Fox News the number one cable news source in America, the most popular, the most beloved? And this is what they say every day. What, what does that say about us? What, is, what does it say about you? As a as a non Latino, I mean, I know you don't. Yeah, you're you're one of my best friends in the world, and I know you've got a million Latino friends because you grew up in a Latino community. But what what do we? How do we? How, how explain that to a Latino? I'm at a loss for words how to explain it. To be honest with you, man, because all all it's doing is telling people that these people are different than you. In fact, they want to take what you have. They don't want to work for it. They want to take it. They're willing to break the law to take what you have. Mm. And if you're not willing to give it up, well, eventually you'll be forced to. It's scaring people, man. That's all I can. That's the only thing I can find about it is that it's there to scare people and and to, to try to move the vote. I want to inform. Because if. Go ahead. 
No, I was going to say, because if people actually looked at the actual numbers and what is the actual representation of immigrants and American-born Latinos in this country, none of that crap would ever make it to air, man. Could you imagine them saying that about Anglo-born Americans in this country? That that we don't have an education or we can't speak proper English, therefore we're affecting everybody else's. I mean, say that about say that about uh, gay Americans. Say that about African Americans. Say it about Jewish Americans. How long would no that? How, how long would that network be on the air? They wouldn't be, man. They would be taken down yesterday. They would they would find they would build a time machine and go back in time and destroy the network before any of that stuff ever came out. If any of those things came out, man, that's that's a fact right there. They would somehow discover time travel. They bust the code, man. It would be over. But but they say it uh, about Latinos and it hurts. You know, it, it, it hurts uh, a little bit to hear uh, that kind of stuff. Um, and, and, and by the way, uh, in many ways. That's the reason the representation doesn't exist. And the represent, by the yes. way, th th this is interesting. We were just looking at uh, Latino numbers as far as representation in the media. A new report just came out last week. So I have it. I, I, in fact, I, I have it in front of me right here. And I want to share it with you. This is fascinating because um, while... African-Americans, I think, are between 11 and 13% of the population in the United States. They overrepresent in the media, and good for them, by the way, to the point of something like 15 or 16% in roles, leads, castings, et cetera. And, and good. I'm, I couldn't be happier for my African-American brothers. Asian-Americans, same thing. Uh, gay Americans, same thing. Now I'm going to share with you the numbers that just came out in this representation of Latinos in films. You guys can look at it. Again, we all know that Latinos are almost 20% of the population in the United States. Broadcast, leads, in other words, people chosen to be the lead on a show, 6%. Again, we're 20%, we're 6% of the leads in broadcast. Um, directors, you know, the guy who is the head of the show, 3%. Again, we're 20% of the population, 3% of the directors in terms of broadcast. Let's go to cable. In cable, leads, 2%. Directors, 1%. Film, leads, 7%. Directors, 4%. Broadway, theater, leads, 3%. Directors, 3%. Again, this is, this is crazy. I could go on and on and on. Look at this. It was just put out. It's it's starting to get out there now. It was put out by the LDC Latinos in Media Report. It's been reported on now by Axios. If you want to look at it, the lead or the headline of the story is new report calls out U.S. media for lack of Latino representation. Look, and I'm not complaining. We don't need it. Don't want to hire me? Fine. I'll hire myself like we're doing here with Agua Media. But we're just, just saying, just saying, you know, this is what's happening. And uh, I wish it weren't that way, but it is. Scotty. I think if you had a few more actual, and I say actual, Latinos on Fox News, some of those numbers and or some of those sayings and some of those, you know, uh, narratives that they use, they wouldn't be at least as inflammatory. I think the, I think it starts at the top and it works its way down. And, you know, I know what, you what got do you mean? Trouble for oh, saying something. Wait, wait, wait. What, what do you mean? It starts at it starts at the top and it works its way down. I think it starts at the top. What does that I mean? Think, what does that, that mean in Scotty speak? 
I, I think that means that if there were more CEOs or COOs or hiring people that did the hiring that at the very least grew up in areas that had better representation of Latinos and not just people that lived in their own little silos, like we like to say, then you would see more of these things because yeah. to the liberal mind, and I'm generalizing here, but to the liberal mind, well, we have a couple of black people on there. We have representation now. There's a couple of gays here. We have some representation. <laughs> yeah. But we got an Asian guy. I, I mean, we got me, a couple like of just, black guys. You have so. an Asian guy. You have this guy, and we have a we have a we, we, we have a we have a Latino in the field. So we're good to go. Well, yeah, she's in the kitchen but working that, cafeteria, right? But but but, <laughs> but if you're but if you're a Latino sitting at home and you're trying to achieve something in your life and you're looking at TV and you don't see yourself, you don't see people that look like you regularly, that affects your mentality as a normal person. No matter what you, you know, if you don't see representation of yourself, you know. It kind of, it kind of just, it kind of just, you know, it hurts a little bit. Who do you think Latinos are going to vote for in the next election? Are they going to vote Democrat? Are they going to vote Republican? And what is their present affiliation? You ready, Scotty? I'm ready. So Democrats, um, Latinos as registered voters identify with the Democratic Party 66% of the time. But they have recently dropped down. That number has dropped down to 64%. So Latinos still identify as Democrats 64% of the time. They identify as Republicans 33% of the time. That does two things, I think, as I see this. It does two things. It tells me that the exaggerated media reports about Latinos are all going to go out and vote Republican that we'd all seen on CNN and Fox and all over the place is bullshit. Uh, Latinos are not turning their back on the Democratic Party. I think in many ways they probably should, but regardless, we're looking at numbers here. This uh, this brand new poll seems to indicate that Latinos are sticking with the Democratic Party, although, what was it again, 66 to 64? Not perhaps yeah. as enthusiastically, you know? Not, not perhaps <laughs> as enthusiastically. Did you want to say something? Yeah, as I say, you look at the Nancy Pelosi clip and you kind of understand why it's not enthusiastic. You got to vote and hold your nose. You know, it's like one of these things when you're voting. (laughs) You're holding your nose. I mean, how could it not be, man? Yeah. You know what's what's crazy, too, when you really think about it? If it's so messed up because Latinos typically are more conservative in nature as far as family, religion, all, all these boxes. But Republicans kick them in the teeth. Everybody else so much yeah. that they it's like, I, man, you have such yeah. a big voting block that would be so easy to bring into your party. Right. But because of your 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 fear and just the racism in your party, man, I'll say it, it's yeah. you can't accept that. And you and you rather do other things. Yeah. No, Republicans are making a huge mistake by not playing to Republic to to Latinos more because essentially you have somebody coming over here who is family oriented tends to be a Republican virtue you know whether it's true or not it's just the way it ties together uh church going again one of those you know things tied to the Republican Party uh industrious you know Republican Party uh tend to be anti-communist and pro-capitalism Republican Party tend to be pro-military Republican Party so you have this guy who's checking all your boxes he shows up for an interview and he says check 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 he goes wow this is like like a perfect marriage right and then just as the guy's saying well do I get the job he goes no not only do you not get the job I can't fucking stand you get out of here <laughs> it's like what 
mean, but I checked all the boxes. Well, they don't care because there's something more important, and that is somehow this white replacement theory that they're using oh, to build their audience. And while they're building that audience, they can't admit to seeing Latinos as Americans because then they would be going against their argument. Did I get that right? Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty dead on. <laughs> Here's another one, Scott. Are you ready? I got another one. Uh, Latinos by party affiliation right now, who would you vote for? No, I'm sorry. Here's the question in this poll. Which party cares the most about you? The Democratic Party really cares about Latinos. 78% of Latinos agree with that. 36% of the uh, of Latinos believe the Republican Party cares most about them. So let, let, me, let me rephrase that to make sure we understand what this uh, new poll is saying. 78% of Latinos believe the Democratic Party cares the most about them. 36% of Latinos think the Republican Party think cares most about them which is fascinating. Let's talk issues. Because this is interesting because this goes to the midterms, right? What's going to matter most in the midterms? So I'll tell you what it is. For the average American in the United States, the most important thing is the economy. Everybody in America is thinking about the economy. That's the most important thing that you can talk about today for voters, they say. For the average American, the, av the next most important issue is gun policy. This is, you know, I guess white European Americans care a lot about gun policy, right? For the next average American, the most important thing is violent crime. Number four is health care. Number five is voting policies. And number six is energy policies, right? Now I'm going to tell you what it is for Latinos. Ask the same questions. Here's our Latinos. The economy, number one, by far. Latinos are in lockstep with the rest of the United States when it comes to what they care about the most. They care about their pocketbook. They care about the economy. That's what they care about. And, that, and that's, that's really fascinating. The next most important thing uh, for Latinos, interesting. How Latinos are different than Americans on this. What, what do you think it is, Scotty? Give me a guess. You, you, let me give you the choices again. Economy, violent crime, gun policy, voting policy, abortion, health care. Probably healthcare. You're right. You're right, uh, little dog. You did it. Nice. <laughs> Latinos. I'm not your typical American over here, my friend. Yeah, because you, you grew up in New Jersey. Um, the uh, Jewish kid from New Jersey, as my old friend uh, Larry yeah. King used to say, except he was a Jewish kid from Brooklyn. Uh, yeah. For Latinos, healthcare is the next most important thing, right? And then um, education. Um, and then, uh, after that is, uh, gun policy and then voting policies matter to them more than to the average American. And then interestingly enough, abortion is one, two, three, four, five, six. Does that surprise you since we're hearing all these media reports about how the abortion debate is going to change this election and all, oh, everybody's going to go out and vote. What does that tell you? It's not a big of an issue to people, I don't think. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of perplexed by this because I, I was thinking that all I've seen is a gazillion. Now, remember, the media yeah. has a way of telling you what they think, right? So it's right, what's right, in their right. DNA. It's normal. We all do that. So they've been pushing abortion, abortion, abortion. Women all over the country are up in arms and they're going to be protesting and they're going to vote. But now I'm, I'm reading a poll to you 
And it doesn't say what the media has been reporting. It says, you know what people are going to vote on? They're going to vote on economy. They're going to vote on crime. They're going to vote on on gun policy, voting policy, energy policy, and maybe some are going to vote on abortion. And what that tells me, by the way, is this is good for the Republican Party. I think the Republican Party, based on these numbers, I know this is, remember, these are polls. Polls are yeah. just a moment in time. Yeah. Don't take this shit too seriously. Uh, um, you know, we learn in journalism school when we go to public policy classes, uh, a poll is nothing but a snapshot of a moment in time. Of a moment, and yeah. this moment in time is telling us that, if I think, based on my experience as a journalist, if the election were held tomorrow, this looks good. This looks good for the Republicans. These, these are the, the policies they win thing. on. I wonder how the gut, right. I wonder how the gun policy thing actually breaks down as far as because I could see that being a big issue for Democrats because gun policy means who can have guns, what kind of guns can we have? Right. Not just on the reverse <laughs> side of saying, well, it's my gun. I should be able to have my gun. Second Amendment. Woohoo! You know, I should have missiles and everything, you know. Well, let's, so let, I, I think well, that's let, interesting. Let, let's do this. Let's talk about the actual um let's talk about the actual midterms. Uh asked about the midterms and how they're gonna vote right now. Uh, percentage of registered voters who say they would vote for uh, a Democrat or a Republican for Congress. Right now, this is how it looks. Latinos, 53% are going to vote. They say they plan to vote for a Democrat. 28% say they plan to vote for a Republican. So that, again, that bears well, you know, numbers-wise for... Um, for, for the Democratic Party, but the issues bears well yeah. for the Republican Party. 28 is not a good number for Republicans because Reagan took that all the way up to 40. Uh, I think uh, the last time the Democrats ran the table with Latinos was Obama. Obama ran the table for Latinos. Yeah. Clinton did very well with Latinos. But remember, Reagan did very well with Latinos. And, um, and interestingly enough, Trump did better not great, but he did better than expected with Latinos. He took that 28 all the way up to 30-something. So, look, it is it, it, it is what it is. Speaking of Trump, I got one more for you. You ready? I'm ready. Asked. Latinos were asked who, how many of them uh, believe that Trump should not remain a national political figure. In other words, they want him to get the hell out of here. Like, by the way, I got to say this. We've talked about this. A lot of my Republican friends have told me, I mean, these are people who voted for Trump, are guy-in-the-wood Republicans. They love the Republican Party. They would never vote for a Democrat. And they have come to me and they have said, you know what? We got to get, you know, I, I, I voted for the guy once. I'm a Republican, but I won't vote for this guy. And I wish he wouldn't run. There, There is a, there is a, a groundswell of Republicans. It's just... You, you know, I, I think it's just fatigue. I think there's a Trump fatigue in this country. And I'm finding, you know, and I got friends on both sides. My Republican yeah. friends are even saying to me, oh, God, enough. <laughs> enough. That's a good point. And um, I've, I, I've I, never thought of that. That's that's really no, that's it. That's interesting. A Trump fatigue in this country. It's, a, it's a, every day. It, it, it must it's every become, day. I it mean, must become exhausting having to defend him. It's just as exhausting as it is to <laughs> to have to sit there and criticize him because you know you can find a million things. That's interesting. It gets to the point where he's that he's become that guy 
that when I see his face on TV, I just change the channel. Not because I hate him, yeah. not because I love him. I just, enough. I, I've seen this yeah. game so many times. I want to move on to another game. I, you know, I, it's like the Too end of the baseball season gets tiring for me and I want to go to football, you know? <laughs> Especially when the twins you get 120 suck. games in and you're like, I'm done. Yeah. I was with some Yankees fans in New York when I went up to do the Kramer thing. We were sitting around and you know what Yankees fans are like, uh, passionate as hell. And, and even they were saying like, oh, my God, I can't wait for the playoffs to start. This is so boring. Like, you know, they were just tired of the season. And now it's all about hitting another home run. You know, Drud, uh, what's his name? Um uh, Judge, Aaron Judge. Drudge, yeah. I don't know why I felt like I was mispronouncing his name. But you you just, we all, it's, it's human nature. We want to move on. So anyway, here's the number. Trump should not remain a national political figure. Hispanics asked. 73% agree. 73% of Latinos in the United States say Trump should not even be a, they want him just to go do something else. Uh, 17% want him to run for president. And 8% say they would support somebody Tr like Trump, but who is not Trump. <laughs> Somebody like Trump, so, but who is like not Ron Trump. Like Ron DeSantis? Gee, did that name come to mind? Um, That's the first name that comes to my mind. By the way, there's two things we do in this show. There's two things that I like to do in this show, and you and I have this conversation all the time. We love talking about Latino truths. It's part of our mission, right? But you know what else I love to talk about? I love to talk about journalism truth. I always say I'm a journalist. It's all I know. It's what I've been my whole life. I like being able to give things context and present things as they are. And more and more, I see people in my industry who have diluted, if not polluted, this segment of this industry, this institution that I once loved, who, first of all, aren't even journalists. They're just put there because... Somebody thought they're famous or because maybe their brother is the governor of New York uh, or because they happen to be a Vanderbilt. And that bothers me. But what bothers me more is when institutions, left or right, take things out of context. And, and I was about to play something because I'm it, it, another thing that gives me fatigue these days is our president, Joe Biden. I don't think he's a bad man at all, but I almost think oh. he's reached the limits of his cogency. He's reached the limits of his cogency. Half the time, I don't know what the what the hell he's saying. And that bothers me. This, the president, he's the president of the United States, my country. And sometimes I'm going, why, who is that? Why is that guy in charge? Why is that guy in charge? So when somebody showed me this soundbite recently, I think, oh God, th th there he goes again. And, and I want to play it for you. Uh, he was in Puerto Rico and he's talking about Puerto Ricans and he makes this, this soundbite about uh, Puerto Ricans and everybody says, what the hell is he talking about? You're not Puerto Rican. He's making it sound like he's a Puerto Rican. Let's play that sound. I uh, was sort of raised uh, in the Puerto Rican community at home politically. And everybody was like, what? You were raised in the Puerto Rican community? Really? <laughs> So how are your habichuelas, man? You know? <laughs> Let's go, Jose, my friend. Let's go. <laughs> what do you have for lunch today, man? You know? I mean, yeah, I, I, by the way, um, 
habichuelas is Puerto Ricans call uh, frijoles, right? Beans. And yeah. uh, we all, the one thing about Latinos is we all eat frijoles, but we name them thing, different things. We cook them differently. Yeah. And, you know, to the Mexicans, <laughs> it, you know, Cubans are black and, uh, you know, frijoles negros, <laughs> black beans. And, you know, to Mexicans, son frijoles colorados or pintos or, or uh, what is it, Jerry? Uh, the borrachos. Oh, my God, that's delicious. Oh, yeah, with a little bit of bacon in there. Rico. Oh. Anyway, yeah, I, I think the Mexican meats are the best. Pero bueno, we're not talking about beets. We, but, but, but so, so, so I'm gonna play this, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna play Biden because I'm going. Oh God, there he goes again. And then, to his credit, my sidekick here, Scotty Mendick, says, you know, I went back and I looked at the sound, and actually, it's not fair to play that soundbite and say that he was saying that. Because if right. you pull the whole soundbite, which we do here at Agua Media on this show, right. but others don't, and we always say, no, we're going to, how many times, Jerry, haven't we talked about this? Did you check the source? Did you go back and look at the tape? Did you, did you verify it? Are you sure? So we did that. And nobody's yes. gonna nobody's gonna play this, but we are. And it's not like I'm trying to, you know, carry water for no. Joe Biden. But we went back and looked at the tape in context, and Scotty, uh, set this up for us. So yeah, I mean, it, it, you did a great job. I mean, the, let's just roll it because I think it speaks for itself when you listen to the full thing. Okay. Jill and I are uh, are uh, we're anxious to be here. You know, we uh, I come from a little state, the little state of Delaware. It's not like the congresswoman from New York. She's from the big state. But we have a very, in relative terms, large Puerto Rican population in Delaware, relative to our population. We have the eighth largest black population in the country. And between all minorities, we have 20% of our state is minority. And so I, uh, I uh, was sort of raised uh, in the Puerto Rican community at home politically. See, now... In context, I get it. I understand the point that he yeah. was making. He said, in Delaware, yep. we have a lot of Puerto Ricans and a lot of African-Americans. We have a lot of minorities. Right. So I can say that I come from a place where there's a lot of people like you. I get it. When they cut it and didn't give you that context, it looks like he was a crazy old man, you know, waxing unintelligent. I, 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 this is something that you taught me, Rick, and you've literally beaten over my head. because, And I never wanted to really... I never wanted to let you down because I'm giving you stuff. You're trusting me. And if I don't do the full research on it, then you're looking like the a-hole or you're continuing yeah. the false narrative that's out there. And unfortunately, a lot of times on social media, especially within the political spheres that we live in today, things are taking out of context, especially when Biden is involved, because it's really easy, man. I mean, even that listening yeah. to the full context <laughs> of that clip and you're like, Come on, guy. Yeah, you Come don't have to today. distort. You, you don't have to distort what he's saying. He's giving us plenty of but, ammunition. Right. If we, if I was a guy doing, uh, you know, uh, opposition research for Biden, I mean, he's a walking opposition oh my God. research, you know, uh, book. He's a walking gaff. I mean, yeah, he just <laughs> it just happens. That's, it's you easy know, to do. So the fact uh, that know, they took this and put it out of context, it, it, it's irresponsible. It's wrong. And it's unethical. Yes. And it's, it goes over all the things that we believe that we should do yes. on this show anyway. And this is a normal politician move where I'm going to try to connect to you by trying to relate some of my own personal experiences to make you feel who I am. And Biden's notorious for this. But yeah, man, this dishonesty that is, you know, 
taking it's, over not just our media, but our, our personal space is it's out of control, my friend. We say what we do are Latina truths, right? And Latino truths, mm -hmm. because we like to do this. We want to do it from a journalistic standpoint and from an American standpoint, because after all, we are Latino Americans. We're proud to be in this country. And we think this messaging that nobody else seems to be doing but us, and we're filling this hole in the marketplace is important. You know, this 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 particular uh, podcast has been about how the media ignores Latinos, you know, and, and will Latinos vote Republican? And then all these other accoutrements that you and I have these conversations about. I think this is important. And I think it's important to continue doing this. And, you know, this podcast, as you well know, is called Rick Sanchez News. Do me a favor. If you, if you like what we're doing, share it with somebody. Tell somebody you know who's Latino. There's this podcast called Rick Sanchez News. He's this dude who was fired by CNN. And now he's got this podcast and he's got this company called Agua Media. And we need help. By the way, if you fancy yourself as a podcaster, write to our, go to our landing page. Let me know. Because I, I, I don't want to be the only guy telling this story. It should be all of us, right? All 60 to 70 million of us in the United States, all 20% of the population of this country doing this thing on Agua Media that we call Latino Truths, dispelling myths and telling truths. It's called Rick Sanchez News. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Apple or wherever you get your podcast. Always good to be with you, Scotty. You're my bud. So, hey, uh, if you happen to be watching us on YouTube, subscribe. And as I always say, dale, andale, y vamos con todo. Agua.